Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. And it was an interesting day for the Big Ten because not only did we see a coach move on to a smaller level school, we saw a very unique situation with a committed prospect, received a new offer, and then something crazy happened very shortly after receiving that new offer. But we'll start off with the coaching news, and that goes out to Iowa City and Iowa's offensive line coach, Tim Polasek. Polasek is looking like he is going to take the Wyoming offensive coordinator job. Now, remember, you're at the... FBS, you're going to an FCS school. Wyoming's a good school. It's obviously not, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the same clout as the Big Ten or Iowa. But what I will say is this. Polasek is a huge loss if these rumors are true. Because he has continually churned out high-level offensive linemen in his tenure at Iowa. It is something else. Alaric Jackson going this year off to the NFL. Tristan Wirfs last year. I mean, let's be real here. Tristan Wirfs, we just saw Tristan Wirfs absolutely dominate in the Super Bowl as a rookie. A rookie tackle. Rookie tackles don't do that. Rookie tackles come into the league and they struggle. But not Tristan Wirfs. I think Alec Jackson, I don't think he's going to have the same type of immediate impact that Wirfs did. But Jackson is a very good player in his own right. And a lot of that credit has to go to Polisek. And so Kirk Ferentz losing Polisek is big. It's significant. It's significant. When you lose some of your high-level assistant coaches, you, know, you don't just flip it around and and run everything back and everything's going to be okay. It'll be interesting to see how Ferentz goes about this, who he is going to look at to hire, what he's going to do in order to try and figure out who's the best option to run his offensive line. Because I was actually looking at a stat the other day. And Iowa had four players, four players participate in the Super Bowl. That was more than any other team in the Big Ten. And I don't think nationally, I don't even think locally inside the Big Ten, that Kirk Ferentz at Iowa gets enough credit for producing high-level NFL talent. I don't think they do. They need to. They need to start doing it. Because they've got some damn good Iowa players that are out in the NFL. Some really good ones. Some really good ones. And I don't think they get enough credit. They don't. 
But losing offensive line coach Tim Polisek would be absolutely massive for the program. Massive. I think this leaves a big hole, if this rumor is true, leaves a big hole for Kirk Ferentz on the offensive line. It would be very significant loss in my estimation. Very significant. Uh, hopefully the rumors aren't true and that Polisek stays. Because those are the rumors that are going on with Ohio State and Al Washington. Like I told you a couple of days ago, Al Washington has been courted by an SEC program. Well, it came out that the program was Tennessee. And there has been a bidding war of sorts between the Buckeyes and the Volunteers for the li- the current Buckeye linebackers coach, Washington. Now, nothing has been finalized on either side, but there are rumors flying around. And the rumors pretty much look at it this way. He's very comfortable. He's a Columbus native. His father played for Ohio State. Al Washington Sr. And when you look at it, you know, Washington likes being in Columbus. He likes being in Ohio. It's his home. But the opportunity to move up the coaching ladder is always enticing. Now, I'm not sure if that Tennessee job is enticing. I think this is why he's jockeying with whether he's going to stay at Ohio State or he's going to move on to a higher role at an SEC program. I don't know. Right now, there hasn't been an official announcement whether he has for sure declined Tennessee's offer and will stay at Ohio State because there was back and forth. The rumors are going online that Washington spoke with Tennessee. They gave him an offer. Spoke with Ohio State again. They said, this is what we can do. Tennessee counteroffered. And then Ohio State said, you know what? We're going to counteroffer as well. And what we have seen across the country, and, and mostly in the SEC, is that they pay their assistant coaches a significant amount more than what the Big Ten was at one point in time. Now, the Big Ten has changed that a little bit. Uh, there, there were certain coaches in the Big Ten that were making less than, uh, you know, a million dollars. There's multiple million-dollar coordinators in the SEC. Ohio State has one coordinator, Kerry Combs. He's making around $1.5 million. That's the highest. And Gene Smith, their athletic director, has come out and said that they're not really interested in, in – Bidding wars for assistance. They're going to allocate their money differently than that. But it seems like that might not be the case here with the, uh, with the Al Washington rumors. It seems like they might be opening up the pocketbook a little bit. Now remember, Kerry Combs and Greg Madison were co-defensive coordinators last year. The Buckeyes opted not really to replace Madison just to shift some some of their other coaches around no co-defensive title here however i believe that when the dust settles you're either going to see 
Al Washington head off to Tennessee, or you're going to see Al Washington become the co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State. I don't think that there's a way that Ohio State can keep him without elevating him, giving him dual responsibilities. I believe that he will still stay. If he stays at Ohio State, I think he stays as the linebackers coach as well as co-defensive coordinator. Almost has to. Because when an SEC program, albeit not the greatest SEC program, one that's down right now, does come knocking on your door, you have to listen. And if they give a good offer, you're going to have to counter. And I think that's exactly what's happening right now. And we'll see what happens with Washington. We'll also see what happens with Iowa offensive line coach Tim Polsek. It's an interesting situation for both of them. Really is. Now, I told you at the beginning of the show, there was a recruit. He got an offer. Very quickly, things turned for them. Well, that recruit was a Rutgers commit. And that was Addison Copeland, the wide receiver from New York. Well, Copeland yesterday afternoon got an offer from Notre Dame. Less than an hour later, Copeland decommitted from Rutgers and in multiple interviews has said Notre Dame is the team to beat. Now, he also did say that he wasn't going to quickly commit right away to another school. But what I found extremely interesting was the timing of this. Usually a guy gets an offer and sits on it even though he knows that he's going to decommit. Copeland wasted no time. Copeland said, yeah, I'm good. We're out of here. I'm getting better offers. Sorry, Rutgers, but no thanks. It makes sense to me if you're in Copeland's shoes. Why? Well... The Notre Dame education, in my estimation, is better than a Rutgers education. The fact that you get to play in a historic stadium. Yeah, Rutgers is the birthplace of college football, but what have they done recently? Notre Dame's gone to two of the last three college football playoffs. Yeah, they keep getting their asses kicked in the semifinals, but they're still in it. When's Rutgers going to have an opportunity to play for a national title? I don't think so. Not in Copeland's four to five years that he would be on campus. No way. I don't think so. Because they'd have to recruit at a ridiculously high level. And granted, look, this is no rag on Greg Schiano. I think he's a great coach. I think you've heard me talk about him very often and, and very fondly. But in the reality of the situation, when you compare the two schools, and if Copeland wants the education on top of the football experience with the offers that he currently possesses, Notre Dame's the school to go to. It is. Now, if he had other offers, you know, say, you know, a Michigan offer, Vanderbilt, Cal, Stanford, I, I think that the the conversation changes a little bit. 
his options are open, but he doesn't have those offers. He has some okay offers right now. Nothing spectacular. But Notre Dame, they, they have to recruit differently. They, they do. Their standards are different due to their academics. When you look at, you know, the schools, some of the schools that I just named off, the high-level academic schools, which one of them produces the best football product on top of that, the best education at the current moment? It's not Michigan. It's not Stanford. It's not Vanderbilt. It's Notre Dame. Notre Dame's that school. Notre Dame's the school where you get the high-level education on top of playing high-level football right now. I'm not saying those other schools are bad. Not at all. Michigan looks like they're turning things around. We'll see. I think the jury's still out on a lot of Jim Harbaugh's hires that he made this offseason, especially my estimation, Mike McDonald. I think that one is the biggest one. But when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, it's Notre Dame for the perfect combination if that's what you're looking for. Every recruit is looking for something different. In my estimation, I think Culp, that's what Copeland's looking for, the athletics and the education. or the edu- I'm sorry, I probably put that backwards, the education and the athletics. And now that he's got the Notre Dame offer, I just can't see Copeland not taking advantage of it. I just can't. But he has at the current moment, <clears throat> excuse me, he has at the current moment decommitted from Rutgers and Greg Shannon, their 2022 class. Only one game on the hardwood last night, and that saw a struggling Michigan State team finally get back in the win column. Uh, they played another one of the COVID shutdown schools in Penn State. I remember, Penn State has played some very good basketball, but they don't necessarily win. They play competitive basketball. They're a tough team to beat. They're very often not going to get blown out. But what they will do is battle. And they battle for a full 40. And that's exactly what happened. They just came up a little bit short. Michigan State just held on at the end. A 60-58 to victory. Uh, this is a huge one for the Spartans. I mean, if they're trying to make the NCAA tournament, which you have to expect Tom Izzo's trying to do, they're 10-7. and seven. They really need to do something. They really need to go on a run. They really, really do. And we'll, we'll see, you know, how that ends up for them. But right now, you know, you have to look at the fact that they just need wins. And they need wins either way. It was Marcus Bingham's two free throws at the end of the game with under a minute and a half to go. That was the difference, the two-point difference. Penn State had multiple, multiple times where they could have tied the game. Miles Dredd missed multiple shots at the end of the game. Michigan State didn't play very well. They didn't play their normal Michigan State basketball, smart, good job. They didn't hit free throws at the end, which gave Penn State an opportunity to win the game. But they still got it done. 
and that's the key here. So Tom Izzo and Spartans get back in the win column, and you know they they hope they hope that uh, they could kind of change things around here and go into uh, you know go into the rest of the week with a little bit of momentum. We will see if that happens. If that's the the end result, we got three games on the slate tonight in the Big Ten. The early game, Indiana takes on Northwestern. The mid-evening game, top 25 matchup between 25, 25th ranked Rutgers and 15th ranked Iowa. Iowa needs this one really, really bad. And then you've got 21st ranked Wisconsin taking on Nebraska. Wisconsin should roll in this one. It's a nice little slate inside the Big Ten tonight. Some good games in there. Some good games. I think this one's really important for Wisconsin. They need to get back into their winning ways. So does Iowa. I think the the top-end teams, or the supposed top-end teams about three weeks ago were Wisconsin. Well, it was Iowa. Well, they have been replaced. Ohio State has jumped. The Illini have jumped. Michigan kind of always been there after their hot start to begin the season. So we'll see. We'll see. That's a, it's a, it's a very interesting race at the top of the big 10 right now. None of the leaders play tonight. A couple of the, the teams that are hanging around will in Iowa and Wisconsin. We'll see how this turns out. Well, that will do it for me this morning on your big 10 morning minutes. Uh, Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten. I'm Reddit Reviews and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great morning, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.